Hey, you know, we can, uh, we make a big thing of uh, Christmas and Easter, but we can do it every day of the week, amen? And it's still fun to be a part of, isn't it? How's our Christmas going? We're all organised? No. Ah, I am. So easy, you send your wife to Rocky for the day and it's all done. That's what you do, that's the way you do it. I suppose it's a bit hard for the women, they don't have wives, I suppose, so... All done. I'm good. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, would you like to turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 4? Turn with, turn on, whatever you do. 1 Timothy chapter 4. We'll start reading at verse 12 and go down to verse 16. Let no one despise your youth. But be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things, give yourself entirely to them, that your progress may be evident to all. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this you will save both yourself and those who hear you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for the truth that is in your word. We thank you that we learn from your word. We are lifted up by your word. Your word is life. And thank you, Father, that you're with us this evening through the power and anointing of your Holy Spirit. You know each and every one of us individually, and I pray that your Holy Spirit, you would minister to each and every one of us this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. I have a question. Putting yourself first, is it selfishness or wisdom? Selfishness. Wisdom. Any advantage? We've got one each. We need a... Oh, I don't want some. No, sometimes is either one or the other. <laughs> Doesn't Matthew 20 and 16 and 27 and 28 say, so the last will be first and the first will be last. Whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. 1 Corinthians 10:24. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. Philippians 2, 3 and 4. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. That starts off, was it over here, said that selfishness? But it kind of ends up wherever the other one was. Sue, wisdom. He says, look after, let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but for the interests of others. In 1 Tim- Timothy 4, verses 16, it says, Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this you will save both yourself and those who hear you. That's good, isn't it? Heed is to take careful notice and pay attention. 
Why are you lot sitting over there? It's very awkward to... <laughs> yeah, they? And they would have to be my part of my family, wouldn't they? Goodness. All right. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll do this. Take heed, take careful notice and pay close attention. The NIV says at the start of that, watch your life and doctrine closely. Romans 15 verse 1. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Strong and weak. How does one become strong? Can I suggest by putting himself first? You're getting it wrong, everything. You better just shh. <laughs> so, when I say putting myself first, does that mean, you know, our culture today, it's all about me, 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 me. Gimme, gimme, gimme. You know, look at me, look at me. No. It's about building yourself up in your faith, building you up in strength. Because how are you going to look after someone who's weaker than you if you're not strong? I'm talking about being a strong and effective Christian. To do that, we have to look after ourselves. We all have different capacities to do things. Would you agree? I've read books and sat in and, and conferences and read about people that, you know, pastors that um, are in charge of like four or five mega churches and they speak at conferences all over the world. They uh, write books in their spare time and, spare <laughs> and things like that. And, you know, I just get tired listening about it. We had Pastor Brian Houston at... At the national conference this year, was it? Yeah, I think. And he'd just flown in from somewhere and he was there for two days and then he was flying off somewhere else. He's just, he's all over the globe speaking and, and he does all, he, you know, he's the head of this Hillsong mega thingy. And uh, I just think, how on earth do you do that? I mean, I come here week in, week out and you know, Sunday afternoons I'm at it. <laughs> We've all got different capabilities. We've all got different capacities. I was reading a book by a, a, a guy called Wayne Cadero. He's in the Hawaii, I think. And again, he's one of these guys that oversees three or four fairly large churches. You know, I'm talking thousands, not hundreds or fifties. And uh, a lot of responsibility. He was at a conference speaking. He went for a run in the afternoon. The next thing he knew, he was sitting in the gutter crying he had a mental breakdown because he was go 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 so he's written a book for other ministers and pastors so that you don't end up in a gutter like I have when he plans his calendar for the following year the first thing he puts in is his holidays and his breaks with his family and don't dare try and move them he's strengthening himself He's put in times of rest and that's what revives him, keeps him going. There are a lot of other things he does too. But So we need to know our capacity, what we can do. 
And uh, that can change with seasons too. You know, when we're 20 and we don't have children and all these things, we can sort of be up till 3 o'clock in the morning and... Well, I don't notice these days them being at church at 9.30 like they used to years ago. Yeah, anyway, obviously, change of things, I suppose. They know their capacity, perhaps. <laughs> Many years ago, we were driving from Orange in New South Wales to the central coast, which is just north of Sydney, if you're not quite aware. Probably four or five-hour trip, I think. And we're going through the Blue Mountains, and my car kept going to the left so I'm sort of driving along pulling it constantly to the right and by the time we got to the central coast this thing is just I'm nearly you know, reefing on it to keep it going keep it on its thing and uh, we'd lent it to someone and we'd only I think it only got back to us that afternoon before we left and when we got to the central coast I had a look and this someone I think had run into a gutter there was a big bit of a ding in the mag wheel <laughs> and so this had put the wheel out of alignment and so that affected the whole car yeah. and it certainly affected the driver <laughs> so we had to get it fixed so uh, you know it brought us basically to a halt we couldn't drive it it was that bad I couldn't I could only drive it to get get it re- get it to somewhere to be fixed or it affected the whole car. I'm sure most of us would agree that we are a spirit, soul and a body. Most of us, you can say yes to that one, Ben, that's a good man, yeah. (laughs) Most theologians and I think even non-Christian believe there's some sort of, that's the three we're made of, spirit, soul and body. And all these need to be functioning healthily for us to be effective in our family and our jobs and our community. Our life, like the tyre, needs to be balanced if we want it to be effective. Balance is enjoying life, enjoying work, spending time with family and friends, keeping healthy, playing, maintaining spirituality and giving back to our community. Or as 1 Timothy 4.16 says, Take heed to yourself and to doctrine. Continue in them for in doing this you will save yourself and those who hear you. will be effective reaching to others. So let's have a look at those three things. I'll start with the body, go to the soul and the spirit this evening. One Timothy chapter five and verse twenty-three says, Stop drinking only water, as I've just done, and use a little wine. Come on. And use a little wine, where am I? Because of your stomach and your frequent illnesses. Can I translate that into Australian? Hey, mate, look after your health. If you want to accomplish what I've spoken to you about back in 1 Timothy 4, look after yourself, look after your health. 1 Timothy 4 verse 8 says, For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. So there's value. Even Paul recognised that. And I think it's even more so in our day and age 
Because remember in Paul's day, most people, unless they were rich, walked everywhere. The Mediterranean diet, I think, I don't know whether Jerusalem comes under the Mediterranean diet, but I think the Middle Eastern diet's pretty good. They certainly didn't have McDonald's and KFC readily at every corner. No, they didn't, Ben. No. <laughs> you can check that out. Read the scriptures. There's no mention of it. <laughs> we need to be active for our body. It needs to be active. Does that mean we have to be um, elite athletes? I hope not. I'm not going to get there. Move, do something. Be active. You know, walking costs you nothing. But it has lots of benefits. Does anyone here go to the gym and get on one of those treadmills for an hour or so? Or get on a push bike for an hour or so? Oh, good. I think they're stupid. <laughs> I went to the gym one day. A lady rode in on her push bike. I did my routine. It went for an over an hour. She's gone in, hops on a push bike, and when I left, she was still there, and I passed her push bike. And I thought, what did this silly woman do? It's a beautiful day. And she's sitting there watching four TV screens on a push bike in the air conditioning. <laughs> but she was doing something, I guess. I'll have to give her that. So, you know, we don't have to be, you know, we can, well, as we know, there's, you know, healthy fads galore, isn't there? You pick up a magazine, you, you, you watch a current affairs show, whatever, there's forever. This is the way, you know, those shaky things that if you do it for two seconds a week, you're going to look like me in about probably no time flat because, but, um, the, 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 you know, this diet, do this, do that. I mean, there's something in our skull that's called a brain and God gave it to us to use. And I think we know when we're abusing our body. Would you agree? You know, we just eat well. And that doesn't mean you have to have some fad diet. It just, you know, the old three veg and a nice steak goes a long way, I reckon. They tell me this is good, but Paul says you should have wine, so I'm not, I'm not sure where to go with that one. I'll have to check that one out. Don't forget to sleep. Have some sleep. Um, you know, it's not rocket science. That's because it's not rocket science. We're not building rockets. We're looking after ourselves. You don't have to be an expert. I mean, when we were on holiday, we were in about this, running in Paris about two or three days. The second day, Sandy says, I just need some fruit. And we found a fruit shop and had some fruit. Now, you know when you've been eating too much rubbish. Um, no, I won't tell that story because it'll go against what I've been trying to tell you. Timothy 4, 4 verse 8, of 1 Timothy 4 verse 8, which is about exercising and being uh, spiritual, this is a faithful saying and worthy of acceptance. I think he's also saying, yep, exercise is good, but we need to exercise the inner man as well. But I don't know about you, but when I'm healthy and exercising and that, 
I feel a whole lot better. And it's a whole lot easier to do the other things that you want to do. Because I know the other end of it too. When you're not well, sometimes it can be a slog. But we can do our best. Our soul. We're body, soul and spirit. Uh, The book of 3 John and verses 2 to 4 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. For I rejoice greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, just as you walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. May you prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. What is our soul? Any guesses? Any educated? It's not a trick one, Ben. That's okay. It's <laughs> What's our soul? It's a bit of a... Yeah, okay. It's a bit of a tangible thing, I think. It's not a real... We don't really have a definite... I mean, there's thoughts and ideas. Um, one I was reading just this afternoon is um, the, that's from uh, Revelation.com. If you want to look at that, whatever it is, the Bible doesn't go into detail about the functionality of a human soul. A soul doesn't have a function, but rather is the sum of our collective consciousness. It doesn't do anything any more than our names do anything. It just represents our entire element of existence. We have, we have one because we exist. Yeah. It's an interesting thought. Someone by the name of Walter M. Miller Jr. said, you don't have a soul, you are a soul, you have a body. Yeah. Another interesting thought of it. A, uh, in an uh, a article from the Living Stream Ministries, is that a soul has three parts, mind, will and emotion. I think that's what you said, Lisa. And uh, the soul of us three parts, the mind, will and emotion. This is clearly and definitely proved by the word of God. Proverbs 2.10 gives us spiritual ground to prove that the mind is part of the soul. The verse says, wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. So because knowledge is a matter of the mind, this proves that the mind is part of the soul. The will. Job 7.15 says, my soul would choose... And 6, 7 says, my soul refuses. To choose and to refuse are both decisions and functions of the will. These passages prove that the will must be part of the soul. 1 Chronicles 22, 19 says, Now set your heart and your soul to seek after Jehovah your God. Just as we set our mind to think, this verse says that we set our soul to seek. This is, of course, to make a decision. That, soul, that the soul makes a decision also proves that the will is part of the soul. For the emotion comprises many things, including love, hatred, joy and grief. Song of Solomon's 1.7 and Psalm 42.1 shows us that to love is a function of the soul. This proves that within the soul there is a, the organ, the function of the emotion. 2 Samuel 5.8, Psalm 107.18 and Ezekiel 36.5 show us that hating, loathing and despising are also in the soul. 
Despising in the soul is hatred of the soul. Since these are emotions, this also proves that the emotion must be part of the soul. So, interesting. And it's interesting, I think, that that first part says that um, because we live, we have a, we, we're a soul. And that kind of... I was looking at a, um, a, a diagram thing the other day about the, the body, soul and spirit and it was like a bullseye target type thing. So the outer circle was the body, the inner circle was the spirit and the middle, middle circle was the soul, the way they'd put this. And so when I read that, it sort of... I realised that the soul is over both and both are affected by how our soul is. That it's um, because the we have the flesh, which is we've got to live in, and we've been given, if we're born again this evening, our spirit, which was dead, has been made alive by the spirit of God, which lives within us. Yeah. So those two like to war with each other. True. Yeah. We all agreed with that because you know our godly spirit wants to do godly things, but our flesh wants to do fleshly things. So how we refresh, how we look after our soul is going to determine which way we go. If we continually look into spiritual things, look after our body healthily, we're healthy, refresh our soul, we're going to want to follow spiritual things. But if we want to look at, read, do whatever things that are more of the flesh, we're going to follow the flesh. That just, I guess it sort of dawned on me how important this soul realm is in our, in our makeup, in our body, soul, and spirit. Now I'll just find out where I was. Psalm 23, verses 1 to 3 said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures, He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. It's interesting there that he leads me to green pastures and he leads me beside still waters to restore my soul. Anyone got a busy lifestyle? James has. Obviously I'm not doing enough because he's... (laughs) But isn't that interesting it's in a quiet place where we restore our soul. Take time to take time where you not just think about God, but also do things. Be activity in things that refresh you because they refresh your soul. Alice, you like gardening. Alice gets in trouble when she goes in the garden these days. What's Alice? I reckon good for you. <laughs> Because it refreshes your soul, Alice, doesn't it? When you've been out in the garden a while, I mean, I'm, I was a bit different. I used to play AFL Masters. I used to go to training. I used to hate missing training on a Wednesday night because not only did I do a bit of exercise, it refreshed my soul. I was doing something that I that was not what I normally do during the rest of the week, and it and it refreshed my soul. Do, do an activity that will refresh your soul. Apparently plastic hips aren't good for AFL. <laughs> so I've been told by the doctor. 
So again, that shows them being linked together. If we're healthy and we're active in whatever capacity we can be active in, as I said, we don't have to be you know, marathon runners or something. Be active. It'll refresh us. Find something that refreshes your soul. You know, crotcheting or whatever they call it. If it's something... Crocheting? Crocheting? I should have used something else, shouldn't I? <laughs> Knitting, yeah. <laughs> what, so, something that you engage in... I wasn't going to mention that our drummer is knitting because she likes to knit when people are talking. (laughs) It was, you know, oh, good. (laughs) But it's a thing that, you know, um, you like doing. And I guess in a sense it activates you and it refreshes your soul, the same as doing spiritual things. You've got to keep the balance there. The Spirit, Matthew 7. Matthew chapter 7. The end of the Beatitude chapters. Matthew seven twenty four to 29 says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a, a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain descended, the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. And so it was when Jesus had ended the sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. He's looking after yourself, selfishness or wisdom. I'm going to keep going with the wisdom one. And it says there, if we do what Jesus tells us to do, you know, the, the spiritual things... I look around, I know most of us here tonight, and I think we all know the basics, and that's all we need to do. Prayer, read the Word, a daily devotion of some sort where you do a bit more than just reading. And, you know, your daily devotion, I guess, includes Bible reading and prayer. You know, I, I think when I came into Christianity of 30-something years ago, devotions had to be done like this. And if you didn't do that, you'd go to hell or something. I don't know. But, you know, you've got to find your own way of doing it. I can remember when Yongi Cho was pretty coming to Australia all the time and hearing about Yongi Cho used to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning to pray for a couple of hours or something before he started his day. So, yep, I'm going to do that. That lasted about three days, didn't it? I was working and all that sort of stuff. That wasn't me. I mean, you can, you can flog something that's not you for a certain amount of time, but it won't last. We, we all, we're all individuals. Jesus has made each of us as he wanted us to be made. We're unique. And so it's no good trying to do what someone else does. But, but make sure you find something that, that, that you can do that, that refreshes your spirit. As your soul, same as doing something as your soul is refreshed. 
getting together. How important is that? I was at a, you know, that scripture I said earlier about, you know, the strong looking after the weak. Last week I was at a function and the person said uh, um, they were so grateful for the people in front of them because they've helped them through this last few years. And that's how it has to be. That's why if we're together, you know, I'm giving you some, or sort of putting to you that we can do these things that will make us strong, but there are things that happen and sometimes we're weak. And that's where we need the others to help us to be strong and get the strong ones to come in beside us. So Winston Churchill said, continuous effort, not strength or intelligence, praise God for that, is the key to unlocking our potential. So we do those things. We read the word. We pray constantly. It's about continually, continually doing it. And it's going to get us, get us places. Proverbs 17.22 says, A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bone. If we're spiritually dry, we, we struggle, don't we? Oh, am I the only one who's ever been there? Probably, yeah. All you, I'm looking at all these people. They wouldn't happen to them. No. <laughs> if the spirit is dry and broken, how can we expect to reach out to others? Like it says in 1 Timothy. In doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. We cannot separate the body, the soul and the spirit until we drop dead. They're inter in intertwined. I think spell check got that right. Woven together. As I said, our, our, our soul, it's, we are a soul. We have a body and we, and we have God's spirit in it. And our soul sort of seems to embrace the whole lot of it. And we can't separate it. That is why it's so important that we need to have them all healthy. I have to read a, a quote from a magazine. Year by year, the complexities of this spinning world grow more bewildering. And so each year, we need to all the more seek peace and comfort in the joyful simplicities. Everyone knows or probably read The Woman's Companion. That quote was written in 1935. Now, we all seem to think they were simpler times. I mean, I suppose this was probably written for women. So, so 1935, I reckon life was probably a little bit simpler than what we have today, a lot less, a little bit maybe complex. So how much more so should we take that on board this evening yeah. in our lives? Who's ever been on an aeroplane? So most of us would have heard those, please pay attention to the safety, safety lecture. And... They get to the part where they have the little air, air tube and the thing to put over your mouth and this will drop out of a cabin above you, pull it tight and put it over your...
thingy and put that over there. And please do that before you help anyone else. Get the oxygen going in. They tell you to do that before you help your children. They tell you to do that so once you're right, you can help your children. Instead of fussing with your children and you running out of oxygen and doesn't help anybody. Who's got excuses? <laughs> we can all make excuses, can't we? If you're like me, you're pretty good at making excuses for the body doing things. Andrew Young keeps asking me to go for a bike ride at the moment. <laughs> but as I said, there's seasons and there's circumstances that change. I would say health-wise, I've had the worst health year in my life. And so I haven't been able to do a lot of things that I love to do. And it gets frustrating. <laughs> and uh, so you've got to maybe learn to change a bit, change it up a bit, do what you can do. But it's still, we have choices to make. You know, we, uh, I, you know, these guys who I hear, like Wayne Cadero, they, they have very strict, they're very disciplined. You know, they, um, they run at five o'clock in the morning or whatever. And they won't not do that unless there's some physical reason they can't do it. And that's, how they, that's why they can, I guess, fly around the world write books in their spare time and do that because of the discipline. And we all go, oh, that's all right for them. Yeah, but we're nowhere near as busy, so, you know, we, let's put something in place so that we're not only being healthy in our body, we're being healthy in our, our soul and our spirit because the three have to go together. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this you will save both yourself and those who hear you. I think that's what we want to do, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know about you, but I, I'd like to be walking around on this planet for a few more years yet. And I'd like to be effective in what I do for a few more years yet. Can we have the musicians... And the music team back, please. I think we could probably go out with a... I'm sure one of those songs will re help refresh our souls. And if you want to dance, that might help your, uh, your body. <laughs> a bit of exercise. We could do some star jumps or something, those who want to. <laughs> let's stand together and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have made us, that each and every one is unique, that we all have uh, different capacities to do things, we all have different giftings, but Lord, we know that we all are body, soul and spirit. And I pray, Lord, that tonight we would understand that these three parts have to be healthy. 
Father, if there's those of us who may need to make choices to improve one or two or three of those parts, that you administer to us over the next few days. Challenge us, Lord, to what we can do, what we can improve. Because, I'm, Father, I'm sure that all of us here want to be like Timothy and be able to encourage and, and uh, not only save himself, but to save those that hear what he has to say. Lord, we know that as we build that up in ourselves, that we will be effective in our communities. And we thank you that you've uh, given us your Holy Spirit to help us in this way. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, team.